All right, as we get into the message, the Lord, uh, the Lord has really been uh, speaking to me for the last month on what we're going to be talking about this morning. And the name of the message is, It's Always Darkest Before the Dawn. It's Always Darkest Before the Dawn. And uh, I'm going to start out, and I want to ask a question. How many of you guys have ever been trapped in a ship uh, uh, or a boat out on a lake or out in the sea or anything like that? Anybody? I have been. A couple of you guys. I figured there wouldn't be a lot of us. But uh, I'm going to tell you guys a story about when I was a, a young teenager trapped on a boat out on the water. So we went to this, this island out in the middle of some lake called Putin Bay. I think it was in Ohio or somewhere over there. And, um, and we go there and you, you take this ferry across the boat. It takes you a while to get out there. And then uh, I don't remember there being anything of consequence on this island. <laughs> I know I was a young skateboarder, so I really didn't care about anything except for stuff to skate. So there may have been things on the island to look at. I don't have any recollection of those. So we're on this island wandering around, you know, nice, you know, nice sunny day, pretty warm, you know, it's a, just a great day, and we're, we're walking around, and then all of a sudden, you know when you feel a storm's coming in, when all of a sudden the temperature switches, right? All of a sudden, you're like, whew, like, it just dropped like 10 degrees, and the clouds start rolling in, and we're like, oh, man, all of a sudden, you realize the, the weather was quickly changing, and, uh, and so we decided we, sh- we should get back to the dock so we can take the ferry across back over because there wasn't really any buildings to go in. So they had one of those, um, not gazebo or whatever, the buildings that are just a roof, you know, you stand under. And um, <laughs> I don't know, what are they called? Lean-to. A lean-to? Are you kidding me? A lean-to? I mean, a thingy's better than a lean-to. I mean, that's, so, uh, so anyways, we're all huddled under this, this pavilion. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the right word. Uh, we're all huddled under this pavilion. Brad, I appreciate you sitting right in the front middle, too. <laughs> and, uh, and not, to make, you, not to, make you feel, to make you actually feel better, Matt was sitting where you were last night, and I asked if anybody's been in a ship on the sea in a storm, and Matt goes, does a plane count? <laughs> I said, obviously no, Matt, because that's not a ship. Unless your plane crashed into the ocean, it's kind of floating, then I would, then I would say yes. But I don't think that's what he was talking about. So, so we're waiting to cross. And they decide that it's too dangerous for the ferry to cross the lake. So we're standing under this gazebo. Now the waves have gotten so crazy on this calm lake that they're breaking on the shore and spraying through the building we're standing under. So the rain's not getting us, but all the lake water is coming right through and hitting us. And so everybody's kind of getting scared. And we have no way across, so we have to just sit there until they decide that we can go back to the mainland. And, uh, but all of a sudden, a ferry comes across carrying an ambulance. And they had to go get somebody on the island. I don't, I don't know what happened, but thankfully, somebody got hurt, and an ambulance came across to get them. And uh, I know that's probably not the, the, the nice thing to say, but this is the only way we got across the lake. So they got the ambulance on and was like, everybody get on the ferry, hurry, we got to get across. So we all get on this ferry, and we start across, and this boat is listing back and forth, and it's bouncing up and down off the waves. It's almost pitch black out, still daytime. Lightning is hitting the water all around the boat. I mean, it's pretty like, this is pretty serious. And as a young teenager, you know, and I'm with my dad. If I was with my mom, this probably wouldn't have happened. So everybody's huddled inside, 
frightened, and I'm at the front of the ship holding the railing. And, like, when the ship would go up, I would jump as high as I could and push off the railing, and then the ship would drop, and I'd be, like, six feet in the air, and then it'd fall to the deck. I had the most enjoyable time in the middle of this storm. Um, if my mom was there, I guarantee I would not have had anywhere near this amount of fun. My dad probably didn't care, you know, if I fell overboard. I don't know what was wrong with him. I wouldn't let my kids do this, um, but they say we learn from our parents' mistakes. So thank you, Dad, for a fun time. And, um, and an interesting story for us, and, and obviously we made it across the lake because I'm still here. So, all right, we did not sink, so thank the Lord. But I want to ask you guys, when it comes to storms of life, all of a sudden you're walking through these great seasons, right? All of a sudden the, the sky's blue, and it's nice, and there's just that nice warm breeze, and, and things are going well. We're on this mountaintop experience. But these storms all of a sudden come raging in, and, and, uh, and some of us, you know, we've all been tossed by some form of storm in our lives. And some of us in here will be heading into a storm soon. A storm is in your forecast. Some of us have successfully navigated through a storm in the past and we're on the other side. Right? And we can, we can look back to that moment, those times in our lives where, where we've been trapped in the storm, where it's, it's, it's always darkest before the dawn kind of moment. And some of us in this room right now are smack dab in the middle of your storm. You're in the middle of this, this horrible storm, and your ship's being tossed, and it's listing around, and that's where you are this morning. This message is to speak hope into your hearts this morning, because it's, it's always darkest before the dawn, but dawn always does come eventually. So what happens here, we're going to talk about, we're going to be in Acts 27 in a minute here, um, Acts 27, verse 27 to 29. Um, in the, in, the, in the days, you see a lot of times in the Bible where it talks about storms that blow up on the Sea of Galilee or the Adriatic Sea. Out of nowhere, these storm systems will come up and just create a mess in the water. I mean, it just gets, it gets crazy. You know, it's very much like taking a ship out in the middle of a hurricane. And this is what's going on right now. And um, Paul and them are, are sailing for Rome, and they're trapped on the Adriatic Sea. And they're in, they are in the storm. I mean, I could not imagine this because it starts out on the 14th night. They have been blown across the sea by a storm. They have no idea. It says in, the, in, in this passage, they have no idea where they are. They don't know where they're at. They're just being blown by the storm and they have no control. So it says, uh, starting with verse 27, on the 14th night, we were, spill, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea. When about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and they prayed for daylight. They dropped four anchors from the stern and they prayed for daylight. These are men who are very much realizing it's always darkest for the dawn in this moment, right? Think about that. It's, it's midnight, and they're on this ship that is being tossed everywhere, and they're afraid of death right now. There's 260, 70 guys on this ship with the Apostle Paul, and they realize if, they, if something doesn't change, they're going to die. They drop these four anchors, and they get down on their knees, and they pray for daylight. 
they pray for something, right? They pray, they pray to make it through that night. If I could just make it through tonight and I could see the sun break the horizon, I know it's going to be okay. I want you to think about that. What was 4 a.m. that night like when that boat's just bouncing up and down on the waves and it's blowing and they're hoping they don't capsize out there in the middle of the ocean and all drown because they can't see where they're at. They don't know where they're at. All they know is if this ship comes apart, if we hit on those rocks, we could very all be dead tonight. So they drop and they pray. And I want, to, I want you guys to think about this. We all have a 4 a.m. in our lives. I want you to get that in your mind, what your 4 a.m. is. That moment when you're on your knees and you're crying out and you're just praying for something. You're praying for daylight. You're praying for God to come through, right? We all have these 4 a.m.s and they happen in the middle of our storms of our lives. And it's, and it's a difficult time. It's a, it's a hard time to, uh, to come through. We're going to hop into Hebrews chapter 6. I mean, I don't know how many of you guys have, how many of you guys have ever been just, say, at the, at the beach and the, the waves, the water's been stormier than you realize once you got in. You know, how, you know it, it's scary for a second there because you're like, I can barely keep my head out of the water, right? I, I remember this one time. Me and Rachel's brother, Steve, we were, we were all at the, at the beach for the week like we usually do every summer. And um, we're at Long Beach Island. And the waves are usually like knee high. Like they're not even big enough to do anything on. We're eating dinner. And there was, you know, there was a hurricane, but it was passing out to sea. It wasn't, it wasn't even going to rain. But we're sitting there, and all of a sudden we look up, and the sky's like black and purple and super weird, right? And we hear this noise and we're like what in the world and I look out and you could see these gigantic waves coming in right there's 12 foot swells coming in normally it's knee high and that's 12 feet you know from the water up 12 feet swells so we're like what do we do should we go down and observe it let's get our boogie boards so we grab our boogie boards <laughs> and me and Steve just finished eating dinner <laughs> ran and dove into the ocean we're paddling over these things that feel like houses you know, you get up to the top, and, like, the back of the waves, the big waves will spray, and it feels like rain. I mean, it would spray for, like, a minute after these things were huge. We got all the way out there, and at one point, I see Steve laying on the beach. I'm, like, probably a couple hundred yards out because I got past the second big break out. And uh, I see Steve laying in the surf on the beach, and I was like, huh, hmm. <laughs> and Steve just kind of, like, crawling up the beach, you know. And uh, so I try to catch one from the the peak, you know, and I'm holding my board up. I'm holding this short boogie board, trying to keep it from getting sucked into the wave because the wave's trying to pull you in. It sucks it in. I'm like free falling. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like falling through the air. And it's like, it hits me and breaks and slams me right into the ocean. And I'm going like this, head over heels. I had to have been underwater. I'm not exaggerating for about a hundred yards. I, and I had flippers on and I could not get to the surface. And I'm, my body is completely out of control. I'm lost in this storm surge, just being tossed around. And, uh, and I realize at the last second, if my, if my head does not break this water, I am going to drown right now because I'm going to breathe full lungs of water because I can't hold my breath. And I'm kicking as hard as I can to finally break the surface and take a breath. And shortly thereafter, I came crawling out of the ocean like Steve. <laughs> and, uh, and I realized what Steve had just gone through that I observed from out in the ocean. Um, would I do it again? Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, not the smartest idea, but I've never claimed to be the smartest person. So 
uh, it was very enjoyable. Those moments were very terrifying, but the rest of it was a lot of fun. Um, Hebrews chapter 6, starting verse 18. I love this. This is one of my, my scriptures I've gone to repeatedly lately. Hebrews 6, 18 to 20. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Now, what's amazing to me is how it says we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Now, uh, that word have in verse 19, this word have is echo in the Greek. And it means to hold fast, to have hold of, to be possessed with, to wear. This hope, we wear it, we're possessed with it, we hold fast to it, right? Now, the word hope doesn't really do it justice for me because when I use the word hope, it's always with, almost always with an inkling of doubt there, right? I hope so-and-so is going to show up today, right? I hope the sound system is going to work. <laughs> I hope the, the DVD is going to play, you know, or whatever. It is. That's the way a lot of times we use hope, right? But that's not the Bible term for hope whatsoever. This word hope is in, uh, in Greek, it, it is ellipse, which means to anticipate with pleasure, expectation, and confidence. To anticipate with pleasure. You know it's coming, so you're excited about it, right? That's what hope is. Now, what really I love about this is, uh, is that this, uh, this is what John Calvin said about hope. The word hope I take for faith. And indeed, hope is nothing else but the consistency of faith. Hope is the consistency of faith. Now, this next word, the word anchor in the scripture, ankira in Greek, it's a figure of security. That's what it means. It's a figure of security. And what I love is the fact that both of these scriptures I've read where it says, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In Greek, it's the exact same word as we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. So when we hit our 4 a.m., we drop our anchor of hope into Christ, our firm foundation, that bedrock that our anchor hooks into and is unmovable. He is holding He is, he is holding our line. He's holding that anchor down for us and nothing Nothing can break that anchor. And uh, let's put this together the, with, the, with the definitions we have here. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. We hold fast to, we have hold of, we are possessed with expectation and confidence as we anticipate with pleasure this security we have as Christ cares for our souls. The security we have as Christ is the one caring for our souls. Now, we're looking at this security that lasts for eternity, knowing we are in Christ. We have assurance and confidence in our great high priest. Those of us who are in the household of faith, we have assurance and confidence in our great high priest that our soul is anchored with him in the darkest night when the storms are raging around us, the storms of life that are, you're either in or have been in or you're going to be in when those come, 
We must drop our anchor in Christ and know it's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is coming. I'm going to read to you a little piece out of, uh, out of MacArthur's uh, New Testament commentary on Hebrews. This is on, uh, on this section of scripture here. God gave Abraham the security of his person, his purpose, and his pledge. All these he gives to all of us who believed in Christ. But he gives us yet another, his priest. As our high priest, Jesus serves as the anchor of our souls. The one who will forever keep us drifting away from God. Jesus, entering the veil signifies his entering of the Holy of Holies, where the sacrifice of atonement was made. Under the old covenant, it was made yearly by the high priest. Under the new, it has been made once and for all time by Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Our anchored soul is in God's mind already secure within the veil, secure within his eternal sanctuary. Not only are our souls anchored with the impregnable heavenly sanctuary, but our Savior, Jesus Christ, stands guard over them as well. How can the Christian security be described as anything but eternal when Christ is caring for our soul? He is the one guarding our soul. He is the one in whom we have our hope. This storm that they were trapped in for 14 days is a picture of our life without Christ. We are the ship on that sea being driven 14 days. Think about how long that is. Two weeks, scared to death, being driven across an ocean, not knowing where you're at, not being able to see a star to guide you in the day or the night, not knowing which direction you're headed, but you're blowing across that ocean. That is your life, and that is my life without Christ. We are that ship out to sea without a hope. And assuredly, that ship will one day fall apart. Assuredly, one day that ship's going to run aground and hit, hit reef and, and destroy. The ship's going to get destroyed. That is our life without Christ. And what happens, these guys ended up, they cut the anchors, right? And they ended up running aground later in the story is what happens. And a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll cut our anchors and just go adrift. But Jesus is saying, it's always darkest before the dawn. Put your anchor in me and your soul will be held firm. In the middle of the storm, a lot of times what we do is we worry. We worry about everything. And we do everything in our power to control it ourselves, Right? We'll do whatever we can. Well, how can I get out of this? What can I do to get myself out of this situation? How can I fix this? How can I, how can I, how can I, how can I? But yet, what do we see Jesus do when he gets in the middle of these storms? Remember, it always gets darkest before the dawn. He slept through one, right? Trapped in a, a storm that made four of his disciples, who were fishermen, who spent their entire lives fishing on a boat, had them fearful that this boat was going to capsize. Had them fearful that they were going to die. That's how bad the storm was. It wasn't like, you know, this, you know, it was raining and a little windy. I mean, this was a storm that had the heart of fishermen shaken to the point where they thought they were going to die. So Jesus did what any of us would do. He laid down in the boat and went to sleep. <laughs> I mean, you, why would he do that? Because his hope was in God. And that hope was so secure because it was in the Father's capable hands. His hope was anchored in God. It didn't matter what the storm came at him. 
It didn't matter what storm raged around him. His hope was anchored in God, firm and secure. So it didn't matter what was going on around him. He needed some sleep, so he got it. He lay down and he went to sleep. He wasn't worried. The disciples were like, get up. What's wrong with you? We're all going to die here. Hello. Aren't you the least bit concerned? Sit up and calm the storm. You know, if I was him, I probably would have went back to sleep. You know, it's like hitting snooze. Stop. <laughs> went back to bed, you know. Like, I don't know if he went back to sleep, but if I was Jesus, I probably would have. And been like, you know, wake me when we get to the other side. Okay. Point two. Came walking on the water, right? Another storm. The disciples are in the boat by themselves. Jesus is like, go ahead without me. Okay. I'll catch up. <laughs> so they're going across this lake. This, another storm comes up. And they're being tossed around, and it's, it's stormy out there. And, uh, and Jesus comes walking up in the middle of this madness, in the storm, on the water. Calls Peter to get out of the boat and come to him, right? Now, Peter, to even get out of the boat, had to hook his anchor into Christ, right? He had to be hooked into Jesus Christ. And to get out of that boat, to make that step of faith in the middle of this madness, is pretty impressive. So Jesus gets out. Starts walking on this water, right? He's walking towards Jesus on this water. But all of a sudden, what's he notice? He's surrounded by a storm, right? He sees the wind and the waves and all the stuff that's going on around him. And all of a sudden, he starts to sink. Because he puts his focus on the storms of life that are currently surrounding him. Not on where his anchor is to be held firm and secure. And Jesus comes over and grabs him by the hand, lifts him up, and they get in the, to the boat together. I mean, this is, this is the way that Jesus handles storms. And when Peter took his focus off of Christ and put it on himself, that's when he began to sink. Now, there's something so, so empowering about the fact that Scripture tells us not to worry, right? Jesus always hits on, come to me, you who are heavy laden. I will give you rest. He's the hope for our souls, firm and secure in the midst of every trial, in the midst of the, the darkest, most difficult situations, we have hope. We have Christ as the anchor for our souls. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7 to 12, talks about a little bit of the difference between the, the Old Covenant, the Hebrew Scriptures, and the New Covenant. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading as though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison to the surpassing glory. And if what was fading away came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. This hope, nothing, nothing in all creation, nothing in heaven, on earth, or under the earth can do anything to you when your hope is anchored in Christ. It's firm and secure that's the security in knowing Jesus Christ. That's the security in him being our high priest who's gone into the Holy of Holies, bringing atonement once and for all for every sin that you've ever done or ever will do. 
Jesus has already paid the price for that. And he calls us to drop our anchor into his firm foundation because he will hold us through every darkness and every storm. The new covenant ushered hope into the situation. We had a divide before the cross. Jesus came and paid the price on the cross, spilling his lifeblood, shedding it for us to bring final atonement. As, the, as John the Baptist said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, he ushered in hope and gave us the righteousness to stand before God in his presence, to enter into the holiest place, right? To come before God ourselves. Jesus gave us that hope. And because of that, we are very bold. The enemy can do nothing to you. So be bold. Be strong and courageous like Joshua, right? Be strong and courageous. We are very bold. Isaiah 58. I didn't ever originally plan on reading this, but I did it last night. I'd hate to leave you guys out. I know you guys would be disappointed. Isaiah 58. I love this. I'm just going to read a a portion of this. Verses 5 to 9. Is this not not the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe him, and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and I will answer. You will cry for help, and the Lord will say, Here am I. You know, what's, what's powerful about that is this hope that we have is good news to the world. This hope is what we, what we hold out to the world and say, We have this hope. You can too. This is Christ, our hope, our firm foundation. You know, it's when we, we are called to bring hope to others, to help them. You know, the gospel is good news. So you're bringing, you know, you might, be, you might have brought a meal to somebody for Thanksgiving. You're holding out the hope of the glory of God to that person and saying, I love you and I'm here to serve you because Jesus loves you. And no matter how dark your night may get, dawn will come. Just like those, those sailors who waited in the dark, praying for morning to pierce that darkness. That there is good news that we hold out, this hope. It's there. They had hope in the God of Paul that his promises were true. Because they realized we didn't listen to Paul before. Maybe we should have. But we're going to listen to him now. Because in the story, they tried to escape the ship. And Paul said, nobody can get off board. Nope, not yet. They cut the ship the, the life, you know, whatever, the one you lower into the ocean, the, the dinghy or whatever you call it. They cut that thing, let it go, and they all stayed on the boat because they had hope in the God of Paul, right? And they got on their knees and they held out for morning. It's always darkest before the dawn. If you're in a trial, if you're in a struggle, if you're in the trapped, in the storm of life right now, whatever that situation is, know that dawn is coming and that there is help and there is hope for you. You just got to keep your anchor deep in Christ. Romans chapter 5. I'm almost done here. Romans chapter 5. You know, the the consolation you guys have here. I'm going to start in verse 1. If I stay in Romans 5, I can't go any further than verse 21. So 
Um, I'll just have to see what I read to. Um, Romans chapter 5. I think I'll only read the first five verses. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given. What a beautiful, what, a, what beautiful scripture to soothe the heart. The balm of Gilead to be poured upon the heart of a hurting man or woman trapped in the storm of life, right? And hope does not disappoint. Because God's poured his love into your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope does not disappoint. If you hear anything this morning, hear that. Hope does not disappoint. doesn't matter how hopeless your situation may, may seem to you. Hope does not disappoint, guys. And nor will it ever disappoint. Have hope in God that the days ahead are good days no matter what they seem like. The best is yet to come. Hope is empowered by the Holy Spirit that's within us and it will not disappoint us. Listen to this, this quote from the 1800s. I, I love this. Sad soul, take comfort, nor forget the sunrise has never failed us yet. The sun will rise. The sun will come up no matter how dark your night may feel. The sun is going to come up. No matter what trials we endure in this life, no matter what we go through in this life, just have hope in God and know that he's going to come through. Hope, have hope in God, because this hope, it's, what, it's who we are. You know, it's what we are. It's what we are to this world, and it's how we live. This hope that we have, it's an incredible thing. And I'm going to end with this before I pray here. Romans 15, 13. I love what Paul says here. May the God of hope, may the God of hope, guys, there's a message and it's the gospel and it's full of hope for you and for me. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So your lives, you wouldn't just have hope you would overflow with that hope that that hope would be flowing out of you and spilling over to others around you because you have that hope it's a powerful thing utilize this hope cling to this hope put your anchor in christ and when you do that there will be hope for the days to come for you in your 4 a.m if that's right now Put that, make, be assured that your anchor is in Christ and do not doubt that. Do not doubt that your God is good and that he has you firmly in his grasp. And neither heaven nor hell nor height nor depth nor any principalities or powers in this world or the world below or above can separate you from the love of Christ. That is powerful. That is powerful. And this hope does not disappoint. So I pray that you leave encouraged this morning because this hope will not disappoint you. Let's pray.
Jesus, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for this time that we have together. I thank you that in the midst of some of the darkest days we could ever experience, our hope will not disappoint us. No matter what happens, God, no matter how painful life can get, our hope is in you because you are a good God. You filled us with love and you filled us with joy and peace and tell us to have hope. The days to come are good, Lord, because you are a good God. And you firmly grasp our souls in your powerful, loving hands. And we know that you are more than capable of caring for our souls in the midst of the darkest storms of life. We love you, and I thank you, God, and I pray if anybody in here does not know you yet, that their knee would be bowed this morning to you, Lord, and that they would confess that you are their Savior. You've forgiven them for their sins that they repented of, Lord God, and that you would come in and that you would live within them, God, and that you would empower them by Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for this morning. I pray for your blessing upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen.